Amen. As they say, man, I got grace bumps on top of grace bumps. Amen. And I tell you, the interesting thing is, I remember Aaron when he couldn't sing. <laughs> he was with us, Roman Road Trio, and all through the years has been a great bringer of worship. And we praise the Lord for that. I hope they don't trim this out of our radio broadcast because I want the audience to know that when you attend Sweat Memorial Baptist Church, you can definitely count on one thing, good singing, amen? Going to be good singing in the life of this church. Preaching week by week, but you're gonna have good preaching every Sunday. I invite you to turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter two. The title of the message, many of you have an outline, is called Come to Jesus. And I didn't put the text there because we're going to look at uh, three of those who came to Jesus in those early days, the shepherds, and then in the temple, Simeon and Anna, and then sometime later, the wise men, sometime later. And I wanna read sections of scripture, uh, and I'd rather keep my comments to a minimum in order that we can celebrate the written record of the word of God. So find a Bible close to you, your own Bible, and we will start out in Luke chapter two and then go over to Matthew chapter two where the wise men are, their story is there. Let's pray again. Almighty God, yes, what a wonderful time of worship. Oh my goodness. Uh, once again, I'm reminded that your word tells us that you inhabit the praise of your people. And we know without a shadow of a doubt that you are in our midst because we are here to praise you, to hear from you, to obey you, to celebrate you, to rejoice in you, to be convicted by you and forgiven by you. And so I pray that in these moments, already well underway, that you will do a great work in your church and in our lives. Forgive us of our sins in the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. The title of the message, Come to Jesus, comes from a illustration that has always just resonated in my heart. The illustration is of a seminary professor of preaching in a preaching class. Uh, yes, I know you'll find it hard to believe, but they did try to teach us to preach, okay? They tried as hard as they could. Well, this professor on Friday gave his class an assignment, and that was if they did not have their own pastorate to visit a church, and to learn from it and to evaluate it. And then he would ask them on Monday what it was like. So quite a few of the students went out around the area to churches on Sunday. And then on Monday, the professor began to ask them about what was it like, what was your experience? And one student said, you know, it was a, a very nice church, very welcoming church. The music was, was wonderful. Uh, the pastor was well prepared. He was well presented. It was a good experience. And the professor said, well, what did he preach on? And the young student said, well, I can't remember everything about it, but that which just kept going over and over and over in my mind was he kept saying, come to Jesus. I'm gonna get emotional right now. <laughs> come to Jesus. And the professor said, did they come? And the student said, yes. And the professor said, will you go until you can do the same? I'm here to call people to Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah to the name of Jesus. 
And there are three who came in those early days. And first that we will look at are the shepherds. And the shepherds came running to Jesus. I won't read all of these passages, but in the Gospel of Luke, the first section there in verse 1 through 7 is the birth of Jesus. And then 8 through 14 is the angel's announcement to the shepherds. What a powerful verse for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, running. When I saw a couple of weeks ago the title of one of the numbers in our Christmas presentation, Run to Bethlehem, I was already in my heart meditating on running to Bethlehem and then to see that they have shared that number with us again. And so they ran to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which are told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. The shepherds came to Jesus. They came running to Jesus. Under each of these, there is one word that in alliteration that I hope will lock this into your mind and heart. And it is just fascinating to be reminded that the shepherds when it came to the religion of their day, they were the forgotten people. They were the forgotten people. They were considered to be unclean based upon the rules, the rituals, the regulations, the legalism of Judaism. They were unclean. They were not permitted into the temple. They were not permitted to participate. There were certain laws and regulations about those who spent their time, worked with animals. They were not able to, to practice all of the hand-washing rituals and everything that went with Judaism. And they were considered to be unclean. I love the thoughts in the commentaries that say that they were very simple people. They were very simple. And they were just unable to keep the law. Now a speculation, but it is a powerful speculation, is that these shepherds possibly tended the lambs that were used in the sacrificial worship in the temple. We know by history that these lambs were kept close to Bethlehem. As I have shared with you, out of the wonderful privilege that I had to go to the Holy Land, that you leave Jerusalem and you go south about five miles down the road and there's Bethlehem. And as you begin to go into Bethlehem, and I know that whether it is the exact spot, they have preserved it for those of us who visit there. There's an open field just to the left and it's called the shepherd's field. 
And so legacy and legend says that this is where the shepherds were, and it makes good sense. They were right there at Bethlehem. It makes good sense that in a place like that, that's where they were. They were tending the temple lambs, but the temple considered them unclean, unworthy, but they were the first to get to see the Lamb of God. Amen. They couldn't go to the temple and experience the presence of God. But Jesus Christ, God Almighty, called them out of that field by angels to be the first to see the Lamb of God. Absolutely. They came running to Jesus. The, press, the thing of the message today is somebody here needs to run to Jesus. Somebody needs to run to Jesus. Somebody here or listening by way of radio needs to run to Jesus. I emphasize the point by two other, two other chapters, two other episodes in the life of Jesus that indicate how people were overwhelmed at the attention of Jesus. They were overwhelmed by his love and compare and compassion for them, and they also were in a hurry to come to Jesus. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 19, we have Zacchaeus. Now, the shepherds were considered unclean. Zacchaeus was despised because he collected taxes for the Roman government. And everybody assumed that the tax collectors padded the bill and this was where they made their wealth. You know that Jesus is making his way into Jericho and I am fascinated as I think about all of this and know that Jesus, the pre-existent Christ, which we also have studied in the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus knew before the creation and everything that when he went into Jericho, there was going to be a little man perched in a tree up there. Amen? And when he came under that tree, he looked up there, and he said to him, Zacchaeus, Come down, and the translation says, make haste. Because I'm going to your house today. Nobody wanted anything to do with Zacchaeus. And the murmuring among the people of Jericho was that he has gone home to a sinner's house. And the Bible says that Zacchaeus made haste coming down I, I would probably say he probably scratched his legs all up sliding down that sycamore tree, ran to the house, ran to the house, everything was made there, enjoyed an incredible time of dinner with Jesus. And if he'd have been cheating anybody, he would not have had the spirit where he said, I give half my goods to the poor, and if I have defrauded anybody, I will repay them fourfold. And Jesus then blew their minds when he announced to Jericho, this man also is a son of Abraham because salvation has come to his house today. Shepherds ran to Jesus. Zacchaeus ran to Jesus. Overwhelmed, people taken by surprise, God knows that I exist. God knows who I am. And out of that enthusiasm, running to accept Christ. The third scenario under running to Jesus 
is that of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. It's been at least two weeks since I mentioned her. Everybody says I mentioned her, but she's so powerful. She's such a powerful figure in Scripture. She is a woman who is ashamed because she'd been looking for love in all the wrong places. She is a woman who has been shunned by her community of Sychar. She is a woman that shows up midday at Jacob's well and there is Jesus sitting there and engages her in compassion. The kingdom of God called shepherds to be the first and they ran. The kingdom of God called Zacchaeus who was despised because God had befriended him. And now the kingdom of God is calling this woman because Jesus has a tender, compassionate heart for her and begins to tell her that I can give you something to drink, meaning the Holy Spirit, that you will never thirst again. He knew she had a thirsty heart. He knew that her heart was craving love. Now, she did not run to Jesus. She ran with him, friends. Because the Bible tells us that after that encounter, she left her water pots. She raced back to the town, telling everybody, come see a man who told me everything about me. This must be the Messiah. The town went up, and just about the whole town believed in Jesus. My heart here is that if anybody here feels unclean, anybody here feels despised, Anybody here feel shunned or ashamed? God knows you and God loves you and God comes to you. And I pray that whether you run down this aisle or not, that you will come down with a heart racing with excitement because Jesus has called you. Isn't that awesome? Jesus has called you. I think about an experience, and I'm watching our time here because we do record within a certain time limit. And that is an experience that I had when I was a young person in the church that I grew up in, and it was a different, it was a different kind of church, a different kind of culture. We were a very demonstrative church, you know, shouting amens, mourner's bench, praying and, praying and weeping in the altar. A lot of you came out of that culture there. Not a thing in the world wrong with it. Every culture is different. But we had, a, we had that sense, we had that sense when the invitation was given that if somebody whew, was laboring with Jesus and the Holy Spirit laid on your heart, you walked over to them and you put your arm around them and asked them, would you like to go down? Would you like to go down? I stood there one night, I was probably 16 years old. A good friend of mine on the other side of the church, I was preaching. This young man's grandfather was so burdened for his grandson, felt like maybe that with a call of God on my life, there was some way that I could help the young man come to Jesus Christ. And I stood there and I had that incredible heavy burden that God was dealing with somebody and I believed that it was my young friend and so I went over very discreetly, very nicely, put my arm around him. He was on the end of the pew, and I said, would you like to go down? I'll go with you. I'm telling you what, he come tearing out of that pew. 
We went running down that aisle. I don't know what the decorating committee had put in the window sills of these little vases, but friend, we cleared every one of them out on the way down that aisle, I'm telling you what. And I'll remember to this day his grandfather thanking me for helping his grandson come to Jesus. We would have big conferences over there at Blackshear. A lot of y'all went to them, the men's conferences. And I thank God I have a very open spirit to all denominations, all worship styles. And I noticed at one of the conferences that all the way on the back row was a bunch of guys from a church that was much more demonstrative than we were at Blackshear. Y'all kind of get the drift. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So when we took a break, (laughs) I went back there to my friends and I said, what are y'all doing on the back row? I thought y'all would be, want to be right down on the front row. And one of them said, oh no, Brother Bill, when the invitation's given, we like to take a running start. <laughs> oh my goodness, in your heart, come to Jesus. And there were those that came running to Jesus. Simeon and Anna, they were waiting for Jesus. Gospel of Luke, begin with chapter 25. Verse 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem. Jesus is being brought to the temple to be presented to follow the customs of the law of Judaism. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Now notice this, this man was just and devout. And what was he doing? He was waiting. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the Messiah. He was waiting for the Lord's Christ. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And then in verse 36, Anna, a prophetess, who'd been in the temple for a long time since her being widowed, and when she came in, the Holy Spirit also revealed to her that this is the Christ. Come to Jesus. The first to come were not only the forgotten, but the faithful. Simeon and Anna were faithful. They were faithful. They were humble. They were good people. They were obedient and they were serious about the law of Judaism. They were serious, but they also took the prophecy serious and they knew that one day God was coming in the flesh as a Messiah to save them. And they knew in their heart, Simeon knew, I'm not going to die until I see Jesus. I am not going to die until I see the Christ. And in came the Christ. And the Holy Spirit said, this is the one. Somebody here, or by radio, you're waiting for Jesus. You're waiting for him. You believe in him. You've not made a public profession of faith. You've not been baptized. 
You're not antagonistic to the gospel. It's just that you keep saying, well, one day, one day, one day, you know, one day I'm going to make that move. One day I'm going to do that. You are waiting on Jesus. These others, they ran to him. But you're kind of just sitting back, biding your time. This is something that I'm going to do one day. Let me tell you, don't wait too long. You know, don't wait too long. I was called to the hospital one night. A man was drawing his last breaths. These are true instances. He had not been antagonistic. He just kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And when I walked into the intensive care unit, he looked up at me and he said, whatever it takes. I said, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as a son of God? Yes. And he was gone, friends. And the next day at church, we accepted him into the member of the church, passed his life. Simeon was waiting and God allowed him to live until he saw the Messiah. Anna was waiting and she lived in order to see Jesus. I know people that will tell me, one day I'm coming. One day you're going to look up and see me in church. One day you'll probably pass out. No, I will not. And then I had a guy tell me one time, he said, you know, if I come into the church, the ceiling will fall in. And I said, no, it won't the ceiling will rejoice because you finally got there. Amen? And so Simeon was waiting and he came to Jesus. Anna was waiting and she came to Jesus. And if someone here is waiting, let me tell you what you're waiting on. You're waiting on that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit within you telling you He is the Christ and this is your day. This is your time. Are you waiting on the Lord? Don't wait any longer. And then the last, the wise men. I like this one. I like them all. The shepherds came to Jesus. They were running. Simeon and Anna came. They were waiting until the Lord moved on their heart. I don't complain with that. The wise men came because they were looking for Jesus. They were looking for him. If you flip over to Matthew chapter 2 and to survey the scripture, it tells us that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in the days of Herod the king, wise men came from the east. They asked of Herod and them, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Oh boy, they must not have been too smart to go to Herod, a king, and tell him we're looking for the next king. That wouldn't go over too well, and it didn't. And Herod began to plot right then and there to do away with the Christ. And so Herod calls the chief priests and the scribes. Now you'll hear this tonight in the message about those who missed the Christ of Christmas. You would have thought that the chief priests and the scribes of the temple in Jerusalem, when they discovered this, they would have beat a path down five miles to see the Messiah, but they rejected him all of his life. They missed him. And so they came back and said, well, you know, the Bible says he's going to be born in Bethlehem. 
And so the wise men then, they went out and they departed and the star brought them to the Christ child. Follow this. Now, the shepherds were forgotten. Simeon and Anna were the faithful. The wise men, they were foreigners. They were strangers. They were intellectuals. I love sharing Jesus with those who think they are too smart for Jesus. Amen? They were intellectuals. So they saw a star. They did their research that there's a new king being born in Bethlehem. They began to search for him. They wound up in Jerusalem. They wound up in Herod's palace. They wound up being advised by the chief priests priests and scribes. They then wound up in Bethlehem. That star appeared again. They wound up with Jesus. And he who they had been looking for, he who they had been looking for, they knew in their heart that they had found him. That they had found him. And they worshipped him. Are you lost? Are you searching? Follow your heart, not your mind. Follow your heart and not your intelligence. Follow your heart and the Holy Spirit will guide you to Jesus. He will. He'll guide you to Jesus. The wise men, they would have come from probably Zoroastrianism, a pagan worship. They were intellectuals pursuing truth. And they found the truth in that child. By the movement of the spirit of the living God within their heart. And so I think about that story every once in a while. And I just want to stand here and say, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Run if you have to. I'll catch you. Amen. How long have you been waiting to come to Him? Today is the day of salvation. Are you looking for something in your life to understand the mysteries like the author of Ecclesiastes did? And you can find it at the manger in Bethlehem in the Christ child. I invite you, I invite you, the invitation is open. If you've never accepted Christ, simply come, I will help you. If you have a prayer concern, I will pray with you. If you wish to unite with this church, we will assist you there. As we stand and sing, will you come?